0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Think Fit, Be Fit podcast. This episode is exciting. I have a friend, colleague, and personal and professional confidant with me, Meredith McDonough. And this episode of Lab of Us, how your box of emotions is holding you back in fitness... It's all about leaving a place of self-limiting beliefs and how that is hurting your fitness into a place of self-love and enjoying the privilege of exercise and the joy of experiencing progress when you focus on your health. We are covering uh, this large spectrum of topics, but everything is related to answering how can we continually improve ourselves with an effective fitness approach. The answer is a set of thinking skills from the intersection of exercise mechanics, anatomy, physiology, and embracing curiosity. The human body is a wonderful teacher if you know how to listen to it. So Today's episode is all about that, an exploration of the interconnectedness of our body, brain, and mind to healthy movement and exercise. I have experienced a transition to say the least, probably multiple transitions of making my strength training self-improvement and exercise very meaningful even connected to a soul mission from being trapped in a loop of guilt of what I should be doing to be healthy which is a big difference from what I desire to do to take care of myself and one of my hypotheses for this podcast is that if we perceive that we are of healthy body and mind, perceived being the key word here, that we can apply the science of how our body is deeply interconnected and then have a more meaningful exercise experience to avoid unnecessary surgeries, medicines, and then avoid the crush it exercise guilt trip mentality and avoid blaming all of our physical issues on aging or stress. The vision of blending art and science to a complex system is complicated for sure, but I've got a series of podcast episodes to help you, my students, understand the systems involved. So this is one of those podcast episodes. The internal load and external load that I referred to earlier It's a model of thinking. It's a model of think-fit-be-fit that can be applied to strength training, emotional roadblocks, to consistent exercise, developing mental and physical resilience, and this one huge thing that no one in the fitness industry talks about in full-body development, which is intuitive awareness. Nobody that I'm aware of. (laughs) (laughs) This model... Is all about dosage and adaption. We want to feel justified by a spreadsheet and macro counting, but the truth is there are many more factors involved. Dialing in the factors, all of them, mixing them, testing them for checks and balances is the process and the goal. If you don't have the desired outcomes of your training, I challenge you to be brave and look at the details of your behavior the cycles of negative talk or self-sabotage because I believe that there is something inside there that will reveal what no trainer or physical therapist will unpack, your wounds and trauma. This unpacking will make room for a new healthy mindset and for new habits that will serve your fitness longevity. And I am saying this from an experience. Uh, and having a personal experience with all those things I just said, I promise. (laughs) In last week's episode, I spoke about injury rehabilitation and the difference between injury recovery. And why that bleeds into this part is for the reason that we are so connected to the self-talk and the way that we identify with our experience. And when somebody is dealing with chronic injury and trying to maintain fitness and love themselves, it is really difficult if you believe that you're in a broken body and that your body cannot heal from a a old sports injury or you, you believe that your body can't withstand sitting for four hours. It's really, it's, it's near impossible to show your body love if on one side you believe you're broken and on the other side you want something else that has to come from a um a fertile soil and that soil is the way that you think about yourself and the way that you feel about yourself so in this week's episode lab of us being of strong and healthy body by thinking outside of the metaphorical box (laughs) (laughs) Um, We are going to dive into that the goal for today is to show some empathy for What you might be going through to maybe even give you the words and definitely give you something to do some action steps that are going to help you transition from being feeling broken and blaming your I don't know, your physical ails on being old or stressed to being confident, choosing healing over fear. And I will say this, it's before we go on, I don't if if you if you really, really, truly attach to that, uh idea that your body cannot handle stress and your body cannot handle aging then that is some resistance that you need to listen to potentially and this might be a really good podcast episode for you if not I'm open you can email me directly and let me know what you think (laughs) so uh, without further to do
1: Meredith who are you and why are you here Um, Hey Jen, thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, So my my label, so to speak, is I'm an intuitive heart healer, um, energy worker, and connector. Um, On a more, you know, even more labeled level, I'm a certified um, psychic medium, um, certified Reiki master teacher, and soon becoming a quantum touch level one instructor, um, as well as a master hypnotherapist and master hypnotist. so that is who I am, and my purpose for being here today is really to help people um, with you. Obviously, you know, we've helped each other a lot, is addressing the internal load um, on that deeper soul level that people maybe not always think, think about when they're looking at that box of fitness. Mm-hmm. The box we are
0: referring to is a metaphor for not having a true and bold self-identity that trauma of any kind physical, emotional mental can define your behavior and decisions without you even knowing it. Um, do you have
1: anything you'd like to add to that? Um, absolutely. I think sometimes when people are going through um, life transitions again like you said whether they went through trauma um, and you know maybe they're going to you know a licensed and professional counselor um, sometimes they're needing that extra piece. Um, that can be offered in the work that I do that complements, you know, traditional um, talk therapy and psychological care. And um, it can play out in a multitude of people's attitudes. Maybe before they were like, oh, I'll go to the gym every day and I'll have energy. And say they lost somebody in their family or their dog died. Um, All of a sudden they're like, man, I just don't have any energy, but I should, you know. You can drink all the (laughs) pre-workout in the world, but if your heart is hurting it's, you know, your heart energy is what I'm, I'm going under the assumption heart energy is what guides most of our listeners through life. Um, yeah, that, that make getting to the gym and staying in that workout is going to be so much more difficult.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. What, um, how do you think, uh, do you have an
0: example of how your work has helped somebody live a healthier life?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, I recently had a client who, um, she came under the, her, you know, her first concern was weight loss. Um, and so she's like, you know, I eat all the right things, I do all the right things, um, you know, I do lack some motivation in following through and going to the gym. Um, and she's like, I know there are some, you know, things I could be doing better in terms of eating, you know, more disciplined. And, but she's like, there's one thing that I struggle with, which is emotional eating. And she told me, you know, when I'm stressed out, when I'm pissed off at the world, you know, I'd rather just order some, you know, Chinese takeout because it's it's almost like a guilty, a guilty pleasure. Like everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a pretty normal accepted trigger, right? And um, she's like, you know, she's and on the other hand, she knew logically this wasn't serving her. You know, these patterns, these attitudes, these behaviors, because she also really wanted to manifest a life partner. And, you know, she was struggling with, you know, who's going to want me in, in this current body And, you know, but how do I discipline myself to get, and I want to do this for myself. I don't want to do this for someone else. So there's, there was this an internal load, um, that she was struggling with. And I love the way that you termed that because sometimes it really is how it feels. People are like, here are all the pieces of my life and here are all the reasons why the, the world or my experiences are working against me. Um, but in truth, um, if we look at it a little bit negativity is how they can work for us Mm -hmm. of what we really need to be doing so again she came under the guise of weight loss and we really end up doing a lot of deep um, inner child work a lot of deep wounded child work and where in her childhood where she felt unheard where she felt unseen um, and she even admitted I used to hide in the closet and eat a box of cake mix you know with a spoon because I was hurting so bad I didn't even know I was hurting
0: Yeah, yeah. So then, people. So an an inner child work. It would mean, uh, in most people's processes, that. You have this behavior that you developed out of self-protective mechanisms when you're a child. Correct. And you just carried them along. There was no, there's no autocorrect for those wounds.
1: Correct. Because you are an autopilot. They are so. Children, when they're operating in the world, are, um, you know, they're on sub- their, their subconscious mind is so open, which is why when we speak words to children about their weight, about their body image, about you know um, how they look about how they appear they don't just they don't have the um, they're still building a conscious mind to rationalize to pick and choose what's true and what's not so whatever they hear you know when they're young is whatever they're going with and studies have shown that the adult brain doesn't really fully develop until the age of 28 oh so whatever things that we're telling ourselves and hearing about our bodies between the time that we're born to 28 is pretty powerful
0: Yeah, so it creates, so then it creates a behavior pattern that would definitely play out when someone wants to do any type of self-improvement because they're just, yeah, I mean, so they're just holding on to this shell that they developed as a protective mechanism. Correct. Okay. Correct. Wow. Um, So to transition to a, having a wound like that, you have to recognize the pattern first and foremost that it's not good enough for you right yes so the things in the fitness industry that people totally accept as normal as cultural like a-okay one of them that really grinds my gears is the go crush it mentality Mm -hmm. of fitness so it's like Mm. if they do have some type of joy in their life like cookies and then (laughs) um, a bottle of wine a half bottle of wine in the same day (laughs) yeah it's like for some reason we have to repent for that yes and then so how do you go from enjoying the cookies to just being able to transition the next day without that guilt without Shaming yourself to walk into the gym. You just are able to reflect and, well, I guess I'm answering my own question. (laughs) So the idea is that you be able to reflect that you had a good time, you forgive yourself, and then you move on.
1: Yes. And that comes with in the wounded child work that I do with some of the age regression is, um, you know, again, the emotional eating does come up. So they'll say, you know, a client will say in, you know, that um, regressed state, Oh, you know, um, I'll eat an entire, you know, I really love to have cake as a kid. And when I reached for the cake, you know, my mom or my father slapped my hand, told me that I was fat and couldn't have any. And that stays with that person for so long. And some of these stories, um, you know, the parents, they think they're helping their, they think they're helping their children by instilling this connection with food as guilt. Mm. Um, As, you know, these are bad foods. These are good foods. A lot of the beliefs we have around food are developed in childhood and our relationship with it. So what we do is in these regression sessions is I literally am growing up. um, I'm speaking to that inner, that wounded child and saying, okay, you know, you adult, um, whomever on the table, um, you know, we're going to talk with your little person, with your inner child. And you're now going to explain to them that, hey, you could choose to have six cookies yeah, and you're going to choose only one.
0: Nice. So, <laughs> listeners, uh, so we're inferring that Meredith and I are not the two voice, the only two voices in your head right now. <laughs> that there are other ones yes. that create um, a, a poor decision model for you, poor decision making model <laughs> for nice. your self improvement, and so, yeah. So, if you have those. it it, like just know that like you're not alone like this is everyday chit chat that people have with themselves right yes yeah I mean I don't think people realize that yes you know yes um all the information coming in is there's places for it to go and uh, like I don't know but there's so many places to turn from that like this junction that we're at in the conversation um But, you know, I just really feel like if people knew that there are other decisions to make and you can make decisions for yourself out of love instead of guilt and shame. Yes. And I'll give an example of that for me. So because I grew up playing soccer and I am involved in the game as of now as a coach and I truly love That game and the togetherness and the culture of soccer. Like Women's World Cup this year and World Cup last year, I am glued to the TV. And, well, I know that soccer is like fun exercise in a way. Uh, However, I have to make, I have every time a ball comes near me on the field, I have to make a decision whether I'm going to put my body in a risky position and that's because my knees are both knees have torn ligaments in them and I can probably get away with like running around and kicking a little bit but as we know like that gets out of hand so instead of me making a decision so I'm making a decision not to participate and just to like keep on with my coaching because if any of you are listening that are a coach it is so hard to resist jumping in and playing it is so much fun but and so I'm I'm gonna make that decision to not play regardless because the risk is too high I love waking up in the morning not (laughs) feeling good versus I'm not I made that decision it was risky and now I have this cycle of regret and not having enough somehow like there's not enough excitement yes. in my life that I can't like I like yeah so I think that's my one good example yeah. I can think and of. I,
1: I think that when we are when people are playing you know just to mm-hmm. go back not just to soccer but any sport you know many of us find joy and the wounded child is one that is experienced life um, without joy. Mm. Um, so, you know, as you're saying, you're, you're, when you're playing soccer, you're making that, you know, the decision of, okay, I could like go all out and go to goal. And, and there's, okay, but, you know, adult Jen's like, okay, well, we could do that, but we're deciding something different. But, again, instead of addressing it with, oh, I don't play like I used to, it's yes. just not the same. Yes. It's, it's more of the, okay, like, I can still find joy in this game and serve it from a different perspective. And that is something that I see. You know, being an athlete is an identity. Mm-hmm. It is a mental identity. It is um, one of the first identities that most people start developing in middle school and high school. It's kind of how, you like, you socially navigate when you're a teenager. I know for me it certainly was. Um, and so it was all of a sudden, you know, say come college or maybe people hang up their boots or whatever, or for me, my stick, you know, um, it was sort of like, it was sort of a death, like, okay, man, like that's, that part of my life is over, you know? Yeah. And it, instead I look at it as, okay, that was a part of my life where, you know, I was feeling on top of the world. It brought me a lot of joy, felt confident in who I was. Um, it, it fed my, helped me build and feed my ego and my confidence, um, and I think I think I think sometimes I'm still working through that. How do I find uh, you know joy and and you know and letting that go a bit?
0: Yeah, um, no, that's exactly where I wanted to get because so many of these listeners are former athletes. Um, they definitely as if if they're a, like a large majority of my clients were athletes that had some type of injury that has caught up to them in their 30s. Yes, and many times I hear that. I'm not as fast as I don't bounce back as quick as. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think there's a like there's something in here that I'm trying to unpack. That like, what what hap- like what happens when we stop saying, stop identifying with the former me, yep. and then start identifying with the, the, think fit be fit model, which is calculate you know being of calculated risk and having fun and finding the flow state of your exercise and being able to accept failure as a lesson and welcoming that failure as a lesson and not focused on numbers a hundred percent like I'm totally down for some I I get it like (laughs) (laughs) um Numbers are cool, and I'm not gonna lie. I motivate my clients with um, progressions and getting them to the next level, quote unquote. And um, yeah, so what
1: you know, where is that? Where how does that happen? How do we honor this? How do we unpack that load in a way that is you know without regret Mm -hmm. but also in honoring you know honoring the journey of like yeah you know this is not about the how many times we won it's not about the tournaments we went to although the t-shirts are great but it's about the grass it's it's the building up the memories Mm -hmm. um which bring more joy
0: can you guys hold on real quick we're gonna go do a goal celebration we'll be right back (laughs) i wish i had some music i'm gonna put some music in there (laughs) um anyways you guys This is a dance break. All right. Maybe one more dance break. And while I've got you here, why don't you check out Synergy Float Center in Alexandria, Virginia. Book your first float with referral code BK978059. It's in the show notes. And it's time to get back to our awesome podcast. I think my best clients mm-hmm. and myself is so when we talk about pain and dealing with real world um 30s 40s 50s yes. having pain and trying to exercise it is so important that people take the feedback the pain as feedback that's if you are cleared by a doctor and the doctor has said there's no immediate danger to this soft tissue or bone you can participate in sports so when the pain comes and trying to create a data-driven essentially feedback system and i'm not talking about actually using i understand the body's feedback the body's feedback the data um and having a place to put that in your mind or in a journal or in your workout I guess a workout journal would be a perfect place for that and then they're able to work it into a process so in order to do that I it's it's important to and this is what I'm hearing from you learn about your trauma in a way like yeah like learn about it and what it has done to your thinking patterns and your decision-making patterns
1: okay instead of trying to you said like just like how you crush it in the gym instead of trying to spiritually bypass pain like Mm -hmm. oh like this terrible thing happened let me just you know go to the gym and act like it never happened it's like no no you you know it's okay to sit with yourself or with a professional counselor or another kind of healing facilitator and and look at these things that are maybe a little bit uncomfortable Mm.
0: yeah okay and then then we have some tangible items that can help people which is like understanding there are very uh th- everyone has self-limiting beliefs. I right like Yes, they absolutely. it's just like I I am injured. I am broken. I am not able to work out this next day and the day after and have continuous workouts without pain. Um my my personal transition to be able to do that took like Eight months of actually saying that to myself, day in and day out, that I was not going to hurt myself, that I was not, and okay, so basically, out of that eight months of doing that, um, I didn't get hurt. (laughs) Long story short, Um, but the more important thing to me was that I got comfortable with being uncomfortable, yes, and saying more. And saying things that I used to find a little ridiculous, first of all. And then, second of all, having the courage to leave my shell of protectiveness. So, self limit, where else do you find self limiting beliefs? Uh, I mean um, everywhere. I typically
1: find them in clients, um, their belief of what they're worthy of. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's I'm, a big one. I'm yeah. not worthy of a partner who's really attractive. I'm not worthy of going, take, letting myself go on a six month vacation. Um, there's, I, hold on. know, there's such things as six month vacations. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> in my world, there are, <laughs> See, I just gave myself a self limiting belief. Yeah. I just did that. Did and, yeah.
0: and you, maybe you all don't know, but I'm, so more than one person has called me a workaholic but (laughs) I don't believe
1: that I'm on a mission it's the areas in you yeah Um, (laughs) no and I I see it show up you know oh I I can't leave this job you know what would they do without me Mm. um I can't take time for myself because or I can't take time away from my kids because they need you know because my partner can't do xyz And we again we put a lot of limitations we put limitations on ourselves we not only we're not allowing ourselves to grow Mm. Um, but we're also not allowing growth and change to occur maybe in other parts of people's lives where maybe they need to step up and oh, level up.
0: yeah I mean, I found that part of my journey thus far in where did I find that really resonate with me when I would find I see it all the time in clients. I definitely do. but saying i I use the self-limiting belief of I'm too busy that's my big one Mm -hmm. I am too busy to stop and but I mean with that said uh, podcast listeners I now every week am doing some type of work at least an hour and it's usually facilitated by something to help my body and mind recover and become more resilient and learn new habits. So I literally just came from a Reiki session with Nat. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if this was a good idea or not. But <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you know, last week I did my float. Then I did my craniosacral stuff, and all of those things facilitate this healing. And I am not too busy anymore. I have, and so. The transition for me came from not just the work of the actual healing yes. and the recognition, but I had to really up my language game
1: yes. to myself. And language is very powerful. And it's funny because I think I'm on the opposite end where before I had, I was getting the aff- the verbal affirmations in the morning, the uh, you know t- changing up my language. However, along with that language, had to come action. So here I was, you know, oh, like I don't I don't have enough time to go to the gym or I can't do, you know, body pump, you know, five days in a row. So I was like, okay, fine. Maybe I can't do, you know, lifting weights five days in a row. I can do it three times a week and I'll do something different. So I started water aerobics. Mm -hmm. Never thought in a million years I would do water aerobics with, you know, the 50 and 60 year olds. but. It actually has been a really amazing active recovery workout. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still feel like I'm getting, I'm still honoring my body. So instead I say to myself, I'm fit, I'm trim. Mm-hmm. Versus saying, oh God, I'm so fat. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm this. I have that. Like you said. So kind of funny how we're kind of mirroring each other just on yeah. opposite but yeah that's, <laughs> opposite ha- well,
0: yeah, that's happened a lot with our 12-year <laughs> yeah, friendship. Friendship, our, friendship, our yeah. lives. <laughs> <laughs> and I found it to be... The I am too busy so my my reprogramming and upgrading my language has turned into I am always on time. <laughs> I love it. I love saying that to myself now because it, it really does like it has some major healing vibes and then the other one is you have to forgive yourself.
1: Yes I think I I'm in the same thread there. I think when typically when clients have um you know for example say you don't someone doesn't go to the gym for you know a week their body hurts they're tired you know maybe something happened in their family maybe they went through a bad breakup Mm -hmm. instead of being oh gee you know i can't believe i let that thing or that person you know pop my balloon and not let me get to the gym it's like okay just forgive yourself you know no Mm -hmm. one's no one's holding a gun to your head and not stop stopping a person from eating a certain way or living a certain way or maintaining a um wellness a wellness lifestyle yeah um yeah. So I think in that way, by forgiving ourselves, you can take some ownership um, in a Ooh, you yes. know, in a joyful way. OK, yes. you know, that happened. All right. And let me hop back on the pony. Yeah.
0: So that's the that's the transition. We just talked through it. Yes, it was. So it is recognizing patterns, taking feedback, learning to take feedback. Taking feedback is a huge learning process. And then the uh, which was actually recognizing the trauma and healing it. Um, I am definitely a sponsor of find a facilitator. I don't I don't there's no way I could have done any of this stuff on my own. (laughs) There's I no I, I don't even contemplate it. Um and then we've got this language upgrade piece. Then you have an amazing tool I read through, which was an intuitive awareness. So those of you that probably don't know Meredith does some wonderful classwork with um, empaths and intuitive folks like myself and I'm a muscle activation technique specialist I'm really nerdy when it comes to fitness and exercise science duh we get it but when it comes to the way that I interact with people and myself I'm a major uh, I go way hard on the intuitive side (laughs) and um which whatever that probably makes me a good podcast s and soccer coach and helper of all muscle issues but the class that I took from you a couple years ago <laughs> um
1: what do you call it now it's called the call within I and i'm i'm currently yeah. working on um i have i i have plans in the works to get this class online to make it more accessible cool yeah so so i took her class it was probably one of the first few that you gave right yes yes it was and
0: so nobody she probably can't tell people this but um because <laughs> nobody's going to believe it. So at so she's teaching uh people like me and there was like a, a a massage therapist in the class and then someone else I can't remember. And we were all just tuning in and learning how to use our intuition like a muscle. It was amazing. I never thought this was a thing. And <laughs> After, even after all the Reiki and hypnotherapy I did, like <laughs> I didn't even believe that you could work your intuition like a muscle. Um, and you, it is really exciting because by the end of the like workshop, I was guessing what was in a closed envelope from her guidance and uh, these teaching tools that she came up with. Not you came up they're not. Totally yours, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, there there are tools that many people yeah. use, but yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. no formal
0: name on them, and um, really cool. I, I so you gave us and the reader and the readers, the listeners. We have this uh, seven steps to intuition yes. or intuitive awareness, intuitive awareness. Yeah. Yes. So can you? So first of all, listeners, uh, bookmark it, or I don't know what you're doing if you're driving or whatever. Um, it's in the show notes. It's a download. Free from Meredith, and so tell us about it.
1: So the seven substitute of awareness um, really came about. It was actually created by uh, my mentor Linda Schiller Hannah, and I won't launch into her whole story. You can you can, you can Google her. Um, she's amazing. Um, but um, basically, it's a great way to sit down and tune into your body of your first instinct to your first impressions. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who work out on a you know when we're talking about crushing it in the gym. It's, it, Crushing in the gym is the person who's not listening to their body. They are pushing past their comfortable limit, and, and then they're getting injured again and again and again. So the seven steps intuitive awareness on a very practical, applicable level for um, my, our listeners um, would be to sit down, you know, and perform the seven steps. Sit down with a piece of paper and just listen to what you need for the day, what, maybe what it is that you need mentally. Um, that could be perhaps what you need physically. You know, your body might say, I really just need more water. I really just need, you know, to eat X kind of food. And whatever first pops up, and it, just go with it, write it down. And, and sometimes we tend to second-guess ourselves because our society has said, but logic, 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 you know, processes, methods. Intuition does, is, the seven steps is a process to facilitate tuning into ourselves, but it's very much a um, It's a flow. And and yeah, yeah. so. So,
0: Yeah, I spoke about this on the last episode, the injury recovery and injury rehabilitation. There is a there's two Greek words for knowledge. Do you know them?
1: I do. Okay,
0: (laughs) one is logos, which is like a mental model, which is an intelligent approach to a problem. It's like problem, mental model equals logos. Put it together. Yeah. And then the other one is called gnosis with a G. Hmm. And that is knowledge of the body. It's knowledge of your bones. Yes. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I think um, that's what we're trying to bleed in here is like, can you learn to respect and honor your gnosis and learn to then take that to the gym where you can put essentially work in if you do the right strength training now whenever however old you are I'm 37 it's like a savings account if you do it well and if you do it long for a long period of time you're gonna end up with a big old bank account of rewards that you gave to your body and you made little deposits over and over and over again and not, and they didn't cost you much, right? Yeah. the, the my fifty dollar a month gym is nowhere near what I'm gonna have at seventy five. When I inv- I have a vision for my health, which is, it's actually pretty radical. Um, I think like when we're old, like retirement age, we don't. I don't know when that what that's gonna be when we're older, yeah. cause it's just like. I really think the science on aging and anti-aging is just going to blow the roof off of retirement. I, so I think I'm going to be in a nudist colony and um, playing some kind of kickball when I'm 75.
1: Yeah, I still think I'll be working. I don't <laughs> think I, I just don't feel myself ever like really stopping. Um, maybe that sounds foolhardy. Yeah. People um, but, are definitely laughing at us right um, now. But age, age really, I mean, like I look at my mom, for example, and we're talking about, you know, giving ourselves deposits. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was a workaholic, a bona fide workaholic, and so she, mo- she finally, for her last year of workaholicism, before she retired, she had a lot of hip pain. And so for a year, she didn't go to a doctor. And my sister and I kept saying, you know, she called, my hip hurts, my hip hurts, Like, okay. Anne, go to the doctor. Well, she didn't. So when she finally went there, the doctor said, your hip is so bad, we're going to have to replace it. And so she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. How could this happen to me? But I said, Mom, you didn't listen to your body. Your body was trying to – it was giving you clear signals that it needed something for you. Now she's got a new hip. She does water aerobics five days a week, kind of obsessively so. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, there goes my mom, water aerobics. Yeah. She's one of those people. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. But um, now, she, now she understands after having, you know, basically being knocked on her ass for several weeks mm-hmm. – the the value of listening to your body. But before she was someone who would just constantly push through, constantly push through. Yeah. Um,
0: um, all right. So before we close this up, tell
1: yeah. me a little bit about those affirmations that you're posting every day. Sure. So the the daily message I post to my Instagram, um, it's higher vibrations, V, A, V as in Victor, a as in Apple and then underscore LLC. And the daily message is me base doing the seven steps and then taking a pen and paper And asking the universe, my spirit guides, my higher self, um, and basically what do I need to know for today? Mm -hmm. You know, what is the message of joy and peace and love that, you know, that I need to hear, but also that the world needs to hear? Um, So the message ranges. Sometimes it's just a message of like, hey, you're good, like calm down. Um, You know, or hey, like you got some really awesome things coming your way, be open to receive them. So the daily message is posted. Um, mostly every morning, uh, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. most days. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's not posted on the weekend because I like to enjoy. I'm living in joy on the weekend. Nice. Um, but the Daily message is just an example of listening to that voice. And the voice is very much unlike my own. If you go to read the Daily message, it does not sound anything like me. So <laughs> that's how I know it's uh, it's a channeled message for the day. Yeah, and people really respond
0: to it. It yes. seems like it's pretty cool. So just to round this up, y'all, um, let's. Okay, so the box that we were referring to at the beginning, it's, a, it's, it's much more than like thinking unconventionally. We are challenging you to take a hard look at your behavior if you are stuck in a cycle of either I can't, I am broken, and I don't have enough of something. If you are stuck in those cycles, it's really time... In our opinion, to take a hard look at your behavior, your patterns, and what are they? What are they holding you back from? And what do you want to hold on to so bad that you really can't take a look at those things? It um, that box, that shell, is a protective mechanism from potentially your wounded inner child, um, and then thinking outside of that box, really all we're really talking about is healing from the inside out so that you can thrive in the gym, in your movement, in your naked kickball, whatever it is, (laughs) (laughs) with love. And for love with yourself, that you're in love with yourself and that you're putting in and that you have this opportunity to put in uh, love to your body. Like we live in a time that, first of all, Lady Gaga exists and J Lo, and they wear diamonds. Yeah, at the Met Gala, and we get to watch it. That's J Lo's cool. awesome.
1: She looks amazing. I know. She's and her butt. I'm just like her butt.
0: She's 50 and just played a stripper yeah. in a movie. I'm like, oh, I'm all I'm so about J Lo's butt. It. First of all, I saw Alex Rodriguez in New York last time I was there, and oh, yeah. I almost lost it. I was so excited. Sexy man. <sighs>
1: Huge <laughs> crush. I've been, uh, I've been crushing on him for a
0: long time. <laughs> anyways, so I'm a little obsessed with JLo and Ray Rod. Um. Anyways, so we have this rare and unique opportunity to give ourselves love. We don't have the, the traumatic lion is chasing me situation. We're not in a country. Oh, let's not get into political things. I'm not in a cage in California without my parents. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Like, if you're listening to this podcast on an iPhone, you're fucking lucky. And anything you want to add to that?
1: Uh, No, I think you you hit all the points. We are very grateful. We are very (laughs) blessed. (laughs) Um, Yes. So...
0: I hope you all enjoyed that and got a lot out of it. Again, there's a s- The seven steps to intuitive awareness is available for download. What else is available is the movement pathways course. We're doing a live course in Alexandria, Virginia, and if you can't attend that, it's going to be online um, by June 20th. Is my mm-hmm. I'm putting it out there. I gave it I gave it a date. I talked to a person that can make that happen, so I'm not just making that up. I will have some early bird pricing and if you want to know more about how I can teach you how to basically activate your muscles before you work out and that you have the ability to overcome your chronic injury and your muscle issues with exercise, I'm not going to bring any crazy tools, I'm talking about minimal equipment to be a better, no not be a better, that's too not, that's not specific enough. You need to be a badass and in control of your training for the long run to be healthy and think fit, be fit. Thanks for listening.